Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I am with my two guys. First off, Mr. Matt Welty. Didn't think we'd make it, but here we are. And of course, in a purple hoodie, he has energy today. He's going to need energy today. It's a big day, Mr. Brendan Dunn. How are you? We're always here, no matter what. Oh man, it's you can been, count on us. It's been a sprint today already. You guys have a shoot. I just got off a shoot. I'm a couple of shoots. I'm in Miami. We're all over the place today, but we are here. Joe, did you rent a luxury vehicle while you're down there in Miami? I never do that. I no? don't no, I don't rent a luxury vehicle. I do Ubers. We get the, you know, masked up. Of course. And a couple of masks on. Maybe. I never rent no, I never rent cars when I'm in other cities. You guys do that? I mean, yeah, but I I do, but just regular uh, this the small sedan. I'm I'm talking about like the thing where you go to Miami and you can rent a Lamborghini no, for a couple of days no. for not that crazy of a price. You've never you've never been tempted? No, I, no, I, I, that's not me. That doesn't belong to the person that who's renting it out to you. <laughs> that's that's not me. Okay, no. okay, Joe. Just making the sneaker content, guys. You guys, yeah. uh, you guys, right off of this podcast, you have a shoot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I shot. Big episode of Sneaker Shopping. Can't talk about it yet. It's going to come out in a few weeks. Okay. Shot it early this morning. And With a literal be- big person? Yeah, yeah, yes. Is that and a hint we can leave in? Yeah, that's a hint. You can, okay. you can leave that in. No no one's going to get that. But how's everyone feeling? How's how's it going? How's the week going? How's New York? Joe, at your recommendation, I guess at the recommendation of both of you, when I made my nightly spaghetti last night, I did try and do it al dente. So I there thought you go. guys would be proud of that. Did you like it? A little a little tougher, right? <laughs> Step in the right direction. I, actually, you know, you know what was tough was opening the jar of sauce. Okay. Did you bang it on the table a couple times? I did a lot. I was heating it up. I, I was prying the knife in there. And then I did the super duper embarrassing thing of having to go Google tips for it. So now my cookies know that that's how inept I am as a person that I can't open a jar of pasta sauce. Okay. But I did eventually get it open. We did pour it on there. You know, it's on the legs for me. Whenever upper body strength, not so much, but <laughs> when I need, calves, yeah, when I need to, to when off. I need to open a jar, I use the strength from the legs, and and it pops right open. You got plenty of it, Welty. How you doing? And this whole marathon of this day is just, and I'm like cooking chicken and eggs and mushrooms, and then it's like, hey guys, you need to be on the call in 15 minutes, and I'm like, you're lucky oh. you didn't have to open up a can of pasta sauce because I would have. Right. You, you got to tack on an extra 23 minutes for that. Also, Dave Matthews with the alert fire in the hole. Oldest notification language ever. 
<laughs> fire in the hole. We have to get on the Zoom. But Dave Matthews, we got to talk about it. Super producer slash intern. What did, he, what did he have on? We got to talk about what he showed up to set with today in okay. Civilist Dunks. I couldn't believe it. We are in Florida, so they were changing colors because of the <laughs> heat. Dave Matthews has come a long way. He planned his outfit. He planned the – not the outfit. He planned the sneakers because of the temperature changing upper. And I, I Do go we know into, where he got them? I don't know where he got them, but because because Joe, we got to we got to be careful. Maybe do some auditing. Like he might be calling up, you know, Nike SB account saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm grabbing a pair for Joe Lapuma, oh, size nine and a half, might. whatever, whatever." You know, people might be putting your name out here like that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that he's he's doing that? Didn't he have on? I wasn't sure if it was the. I wasn't sure if it was the Supreme Jizza T-shirt or was that just a regular one? Were you? Did you get the verification on that, Brendan? I mean, maybe Dave can chime in and let us know if that was. I, I, I didn't see. For for those people who don't know, Dave is of course one of our producers, and he's commenting in our in our Zoom chat now, so you can't see. And distracting everyone. That's why. He, yes, <laughs> distracting everyone. It is, it commenting. is the Supreme Jizza shirt. In in the biggest part of the picture that Joe sent us this morning, besides yes. the sneakers that we need to talk about, is that Dave Matthews was drinking Melon Mountain Dew at 8 o'clock in the morning. Which he I, is I known to it. do. Which is he is known to do. You know, we talked about we talked about uh, airplane food, people bringing food on the airplane a couple days ago in the Slack. Dave Matthews will bring a burrito on a small flight from Atlanta to New York. He will bring a burrito that has not even been opened yet. He will open it. He will, he will without any any regard for the people next to him or on the plane. Dave Matthews, that's his MO. But Mountain Dew at 8 a.m., another thing in the and wild what, what world. what was the Mountain Dew flavor? It was a new Mountain Dew flavor, Melon. Right? It was a melon, melon, like, mania or something. We, did you guys are Mountain Dew fans? I drank a lot of Code Red going up. Not me. Not me. Livewire, the orange one? I don't know. That's a little... Wow, you were really living on the edge between the, ma- the, the magic cards and the Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're different. Quite, quite you're a different. life, man. Listen, I want to talk about the other marathon happening right now. I don't I don't know about you guys, but all of a sudden, and we've spoken about this a couple times, I feel like there's a bunch of shoes that I really want to buy. Oh, At any given time, I feel like I don't have more than a couple pairs. But right now, there's yeah. like five pairs on my list. So I'm slowly trying to cross them off. I'm, I'm trying Let's to lock down a couple pairs of carpet dunks. I, th- yes. I think we'll be okay on that. Um, we hit on the Stussy Hirachis on sneakers. Yes. No shipping info yet. Okay. Um Bacon Air Max 90s, I think I have those sorted. Although Wealthy pointed out to me, the mud guard on the Bacon Air Max 90 looks so bulbous. It's, it's hard I, to unsee. Off of that I one picture it. we saw yesterday, is I that what you're going I off? Didn't, I didn't point it out to you, but I sent you, like, the, the pair that we had seen was a, a friend of the program, Cheddar, who got okay. the shoes from Nike. It wasn't some... Yeah, weird or whatever pair. It was a, it was a, the real thing, and he posted yeah, yeah. them. And, and Brendan, kind of, I guess, saw that the the mud guard is higher, and then the shape is off from the new Air Max. And, and credit to Riley 90. Jones too on the Soul Collector yes. team. I think, I think he really pointed out too how different those shapes were. But once you, once you see this, the, the, that mud guard, you can't unsee it. So, but I'm, I'm still happy to have those sorted out. I think UNLV dunks are on the way. Wow. So we're mostly okay. I still need the white and black dunk lows. Okay, and I want to throw in. What am I going to throw in? Let's all say it together. What? Cloud Air Max One. Yes, Cloud Air Max One. I think but it, something but tells we'll me. We'll see. Joe. We'll see. But the carpet, something the carpet company, okay. the carpet company dunks all white. I don't consider them like a white shoe. So that that passes. Yeah. That passes the JLP inspection. Wow. Glad and to hear that. and you mess them up. They look even cooler. Yes, sir. It does seem like 
with Air Max Day, the Bacons, I, you're sorted out. I need to get sorted out for Supreme the Bacons. Supreme Dunk Lows next week? Oh, people Supreme are saying? Dunk Lows. We're going to get those manually on the website. Those we are going to be we, super, super limited. Supreme only, right? We need. I think they'll probably hit on sneakers too, but but let's just put that energy out there right okay. now. All of us together, we're going to get those manually on the website. Welty, do you agree? Uh, I kind of don't want them. No, come, okay. come on, man. What about these? He's mad that the lunch got interrupted. You could tell. Let's get I'm it not. back. We got a big guest today. We have a big guest today. We need you back. I, I just don't. I just don't like those shoes. I mean, with, okay. with all honesty, I think that they're kind of whack. Okay. I don't know. That's just. That's just. I think all the colors suck in those shoes, and that's just kind of the final. I appreciate the honesty, them. but wealthy. There are other reasons to buy these shoes. If no, you know I what know. I, mean. I know. Yeah. I know. But I just think that like it's cool that they kind of brought back the theme, but the first three colors were so good and i'm like how do you go from picking three colors that are so good to picking four colors that are so bad yeah i'm okay. i'm kind of with you there okay but we're still going to hit manually on the website as we like we always do at this time don what color stussy harachis did you get the tan ones yes the tan ones but Same. like i said no no shipping info just yet uh, so nike sneakers don't we'll play see. games with me that's the first time I've hit maybe on you're not a, Maybe in a you're not allowed. <laughs> you think they blacklisted me? Yeah. Black. What was the last time you guys hit on sneakers? Do you guys ever try? Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't. I've tried probably like three times and I've never hit. Three times in your life? Yeah. No, you tried more than that on sneakers, right? No. Well, we you don't just three. pop up and, and, and try and grab whatever resellable thing is on there? Nope. You know what he did hit on, though? An Adidas commercial between an Adidas commercial before the last episode of <laughs> That's full why size run. I'm concerned with sneakers. Look at look at that. He uh, uh, Adidas commercial. Wow. How did that feel, Wealthy? A dream come true. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. I mean, they came out. I uh, it was for the new ZX 2K Boost. We had done an integration for full size run. They had pitched a campaign and they said, "You're an Adidas guy." You want to do something? No, 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 no. Uh, You're the Adidas guy. Let's let's get yeah. that straight. So they ended up. Uh, I said I wanted to do it in Jersey City. So I was surprised they actually came out to my apartment and shot it here, and we got to shoot it outside as well. So I didn't. You know what? It was funny because I I didn't. Not that I didn't know it was going to happen, but I didn't realize like how cool it was going to feel until it actually came out. Like mm-hmm. it's not like I wasn't hyped on it, but it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And then it yeah. finally. Then it once finally you see the final it. cut. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And it was just kind of like, put your fucking up. face on that billboard in Jersey City. Imagine yeah. that right next to the kebab spot. <laughs> Guys, we, we don't have time to waste. Uh, we have a very big guest today. I feel like I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks, but uh, I'm not lying. So let's get to it right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Our guest on today's podcast is a multifaceted cultural icon. He was a successful musician and actor where he took home multiple awards throughout the years in both industries. Besides his entertainment chops, he has been front and center when it comes to what's cool in fashion and footwear for over 17 years. Working from Hong Kong, him and his partner, Kevin Poon, developed Clot, a company that strived to have global appeal and connect different parts of the world through superior product design. In 2006, Clot designed its first sneaker with Nike. It was an unconventional see-through Air Max 1 called the Kiss of Death. More on that later. They would follow up the 2006 standout collaboration in 2009 with an Air Force One that featured a luxe silk upper and peeled away to reveal a second layer. It quickly landed in the top 10 on serious Air Force One collectors' lists. While they were producing sneaker drops that had heads in a frenzy, the Clot clothing label was steadily becoming one of the most consistent around. For longevity context, in 2021, the brand will release a collaboration with Ralph Lauren. The pair's expertise in sneakers and clothing also helped Clot open multiple brick-and-mortar stores under the Juice name. Throughout the years, Clot would do other iterations of the Air Force One and Jordans that always broke through the noise of the crowded collaboration era. Today, we're here to dig into all that history and get the details on one of the most anticipated drops of the year, the return of the original Air Max One Kiss of Death with the legendary Edison Chen. Welcome, Edison. What's up, guys? How you doing? How are you, man? What, what a long resume. There, there's so many more things we could put on there. Pizza store owner, consultant for Pepsi, things of that nature. Uh, Edison, no, we, we want to talk about sneakers. We want to be really specific. So can you take us back to Vancouver when you were a young child and, and first realizing that sneakers were going to be a thing in your life, asking your mom for Jordans, things like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, at that time, I think, um, you know, it was like an, an uh, unconscious kind of subconscious thing, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like, you know, live, grew up in Vancouver, kind of, you know, just because I'm Canadian, you know, kind of defaulted into hockey, you know? So super ice hockey f- fan, you know, playing street hockey. And, um, you know, Michael Jordan captivated me, you know, like just seeing them play in the playoffs against the Pistons. I remember it was like, he just changed my, just changed my world, you know, and it's just seeing him and his style kind of studying him brought me into fashion so to speak with these jordans you know like begging my mom hey i need these jordans i need these jordans not getting them <laughs> and just kind of like that was like the grail you know the thing that you couldn't get do you remember which which model it would have been specifically oh man i i don't i think it would probably be maybe the the fours or something mm-hmm. like three fours i i can't like specifically pinpoint which shoe it was it was it was more michael jordan in general the shirt like the way that he dressed the you know jordan like playing basketball like and um i guess 
it just kind of evolved into uh, when I started really playing basketball like daily, you know, mm-hmm. and um, just wearing Jordans only, you know, and and I felt like when I when there's a particular pair that I felt like when I wore them, I would just you know hit that triple double or I'd be able to unstoppable, you know, and I was playing in Hong Kong, you know, so competition wasn't like you know. New York, you know, right, so, right. You so, were schooling you know, them, like you... dominating, you know. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go to the NBA. Where and but um, I was wearing 13s, 13 okay. Um, I literally wouldn't take them off. I have like three pairs still, like the old pairs, because I went through my archive and I see them, and the bottoms are just like dead. You know, they're, they're flat, like, and um, you know that 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 kind of started bringing me into you know sneaker culture but you know to be honest with you sneaker culture i have to owe it to hiroshi um, okay the wovens the air mm. wovens got me like all bugged out like you know like seeing the shoe seeing what it was i didn't even know who hiroshi was you know i just saw this this woven shoe and was like man this is crazy you know and i and at that point i was really into like you know triple five soul or mm. fat farm and stuff like that you know more american influenced but <clears throat> being that i was in hong kong you know i used to make fun of kids reading those japanese fashion books at school i'd be yeah this is dumb you know like a boon book <laughs> and, or and something then picking like it that. back up and be like hey i like this let me take it you know yeah yeah <laughs> And, um, you know, I think that the Japanese street fashion kind of, you know, the culture, all those like, you know, Hiroshi, Nigo, Neighborhood, you know, Shin and all these guys, they really kind of opened up my eyes to what fashion was. You know, But Edison, the thing is, before you even got there, you worked at a champ sports, right? Yeah, I did in, in Vancouver, but in the in the back stock room. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun, but I got to kind of see a lot of different sneakers then too and kind of like, oh, this is whack or like, oh, Mm -hmm. I love this. Like, you know, maybe I got to take this home. How do I, how do I take this home? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never did, but, you know, it's just kind of subconsciously somehow, you know, I I had two main jobs when I was a kid and one was at a comic store. Shout out to Imperial Hobbies. Yeah, Imperial Hobbies. Exactly. That's, that's exactly where I worked. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, and yeah, champ sport, you know, downtown in, um, I think if it was Burnaby or something like that, I don't quite remember, but you know, these two things kind of affected me in a weird way where, you know, now, even as a 40 year old, I'm still into cards, I'm still into comics and I'm definitely into shoes and, you know, kind of finding a lane where I could be a part of the actual culture was, has been a blessing. In school, I can't say that I was the best student, but I can't say that I'm, I'm like not academic. You know, I think that, you know, with math or art, I was kind of like excelling in my own mind. And I would always draw like Jordan, like, you know, like, but not yeah. Jordan, like it would be me, but wearing yeah. Jordan, like the Bulls okay. uniform and like shoes and stuff. And, you know, thinking back, like my mom showed me a couple of these, these drawings and it was like, man, I was drawing 13s like and stuff when i was a kid and like when jordan came to me he was like hey what shoe do you want to make with us and i'm like i want to make the 13 low and mm-hmm. they're like what you know yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. are you shoe. sure definitely you know, like, yeah well, what the hell are you doing and i'm like no nah, because this is this means a lot to me personally you know like and they're like oh retail wise we don't know if it's going to sell and i'm like look let's just take a chance this this means a lot to me and you know just i think for us at clot it's like it's more about the passion than like 
what color is hot or what's going to sell real well. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we've been very lucky to be able to just stay true to our creative and not really think about what's going on in the market and, and just kind of creating freely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've been very lucky to have global attention on our sneaker drops. So once you tell them the story, this is what I used to play ball in. I used to love Jordan and the 13 lows is what I literally, the soles would wear off. Did they get, it more did the people at Jordan get the story more? Yeah, I mean, and then and then and then after I told them the story, they're like, "Okay, good. This is this is good because this means something to you. It's not like you just want to do a one and and mm-hmm. just blow out, you know." And, and it's like, "No, man, I I would love to do a one, right, <laughs> right, you know." <laughs> but yeah. you know, thank God, you know, we got we got a chance to work on the one with the Fearless, uh, you know, collection, and and it's it's just been, I I still can't believe it, you know. Sometimes like you know, I still you know. We dropped in 14s a couple of weeks ago and people, yeah. you know, even my, even, even the Nike China team was like, yo, you're making a mistake, bro. And I'm like, look, we, we pride making ourselves. Making a mistake how? The four, taking the, the 14? 14 low? Yeah. They said we were making a mistake because that's one of the worst selling shoes or, you know, it sits on the shelf and it's, it's going to be dead stock. And I was like, look, let's see how powerful or how good our design is this time then, you know, because... You know, I remember them saying that we're going to order none. Like the China team's mm-hmm. like, yo, we're going to order nothing of this 14. I'm like, go ahead. We're going to yeah. order bad units, you know? So I think it's, it's, it's been interesting kind of like trying to, 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 to talk with, you know, the corporate people and kind of staying in the niche and, 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 and being true to our creative because they're kind of total opposites. You know what I mean? Like corporates, like looking at what's hot, what's trending, you know, analytics, you know, like paying for reports. And here we are just like going off passion. And, and, and I think at first, you know, in, in working with sneaker collaborators, you know, we, we got real pushback um, on a lot of our ideas. And, and, you know, even, even if we did release a shoe, they would still be like, yeah, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't get that. And it, it's good that, you know, throughout the years we've, we, we've prevailed to, to be, a force, um, you know, in, in the sneaker game. I got to talk to you briefly after your clot New York fashion week, week show in, to be honest with you, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen for someone in sneakers in streetwear when you were out back and then the Chinese media saw you and just ran up to you like, like total celebrity, total celebrity status, people like screaming and chasing after you. But early on, you know, you had your career as as a musician and you know actor and like how much did that impact you getting into sneakers having that like celebrity status early on well you know what, what what's interesting is is that i started making money um <laughs> you know real money so i was buying a lot of samples like you know back then um it was rare i'd say for people to buy samples like it was it was just off the radar but i wore size nine i wear size nine so I wasn't buying them. I was buying them to wear them, you know? Where were you buying them? You know, shout out to one of my homies. His, his, his code name is Cookies. Um, okay. Mike Chung, you know, Mike Chung really navigated me um, in the beginning with, you know, him and Tom in finding rarities and stuff, you know? So, you know, like the first dunks, you know, he helped me get. And, you know, we started growing as a family. And then obviously we, we opened Accu together uh, a few years later. But Definitely, he was getting me access. I have no idea where he was getting me the access from, but you know, I was paying money and buying, buying, 
pink top dollar back then, you know, now it's like, you know, I bring that same shoe out. It's like $40,000. And, you know, in hindsight, it seems like, you know, the, the, the thousand dollars I spent back then was nothing, but you know, back then like spending a thousand dollars on a Yeah. And the early two thousands is unheard of. I was insane. You know, they're like, Oh, what sneakers were they, man? I got, I got so many random kind of select sneakers. Like I have a bunch of dunk samples and force samples from like, you know, like the the when the West Indies came, and then they yeah. had all these like neon color bottoms, like ink color, like neon yellow, you know, blue, and it, it was like, it was almost. I felt like that was like the first wave of real kind of mainstream sneaker kind of culture. I mean, obviously, sneaker culture can you can date it back to so so many different kind of eras, but the modern era, I would say, was the late '90s, early 2000s, and you know, um, seeing all these different shoes come out, you know, like the Haven with, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, with Coleman Jr. and stuff like that. And then clock besides, you know, yeah, and, and the Wovens and, and those shoes, I have to say that these three shoes, just as much as the, the forces and the dunks kind of influenced my life because it was like really, I thought cutting edge. You yeah. Know? It like, was very different kind of avant-garde in the way that you might expect like a Comme des Garcons garment to be, or, you know, and, and kind of Japanese in a way. Yeah. It was, it was really interesting and really exciting. So, um, just collecting sneakers. I mean, you know, there, there's a couple pictures that we took like me and Poon, especially where we're like sitting in this big kind of, it looks like a bag and there's like sneakers overflowing out of it. Like people would come to my, our house cause me and Poon lived together for a long time. And, um, they would just be like, what's up with all these shoes, you know? And like, not many people really understood what was going on. Like, you know, obviously we had the core core group of people that were like into sneakers, but I would say 80% of the people that are collecting now were still clueless then, you know? Like either they were very young or they just weren't into it. Like they were into sneakers just to wear, you know, to run or something. And, you know, we totally recognized that there was something else in it like a form of expression you know like it it was it was it was almost like we can't wear suits we can't buy five thousand dollar suits right but we can rock these fly sneakers and and just stunt on people you know so it was you know it it was it was it was definitely a moment of 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 like self swag you know do you keep some of those samples do you still have them for archival purposes or or what yeah, I mean, you know, what, what what's re- it's a sad story uh, is that, you know, in 2008, some shit happened to me and I had to leave Asia really abruptly, like, you know, within two days. Okay. So I left Asia, put all my stuff into storage. And, you know, I think about three, four years ago, I went to check the storage and a ton of my shoes were just destroyed. Wow. Like bottoms ripping off and stuff. But I was sad. But at mm. the same time, I just, you know, I always say there's this saying that from rap that when I was a kid, it's like you charge it to the game, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's all a process. And, you know, maybe if that didn't happen to my shoes, I wouldn't be able to be making Nike shoes. So I always try to take everything with a grain of salt, but then also kind of with, with a little bit of sugar, you know, a Got little it. bit of sugar on top. <laughs> you said early on, too, you had gone to Nike and you wanted to do collaborations with them early on and they came back to you and said you're hong kong based we're not going to do sneaker collaborations with you and you said why the sneaker industry is based in china you make all your shoes here why won't you do do a shoe with us how hard was it to convince nike to get that first sneaker collaboration 
I mean, quite honestly, like, you know, we, we went in knowing people from Nike Hong Kong. The, the industry still was very young, but obviously there was some type of bubble and people who could recognize it could recognize it. So there's one person on the Nike Hong Kong team that was very, very supportive of us. And, and, and um, she works very closely with Michael Lau now. Um, her name was Florence. But um, she really kind of went to bat for us. So we kind of did the full court press. And then we got denied and then we just went radio silent. You know, we were young, we're new in the game. We felt like, man, maybe we just got to prove ourselves a little bit more. So randomly when they just came up and was like, Hey, we want you to do a shoe. What's the shoe. And we're like, man, wow. You know? And, and they asked you like any shoe. Cause sometimes they have like an idea. Yeah. So we came back and we were like, Hey, we want to do air forces. And they're like, Oh no, actually you have to do the air max one. And it was like, okay, so how do we, how do we maneuver with this? You know, because quite honestly, I can't, I I can't tell you that air max one was one of these shoes that influenced my youth. You know what I mean? I, 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 95s, 97s. Sure. I, I, I'll put a testament to that, but Air Max One, we had to kind of really dig deep and, and figure out what this shoe meant. And not only that was how do we make it so special that you can't not let us do another shoe mm-hmm. again? You know what I mean? And um, thankfully, we 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 had a, a creative that we worked with. His name was MCN. Um, you know, he mm-hmm. does artwork now and stuff. Um, as S Y A N, um, as cyan, but, um, we were really into foot massage, you know, like we were like, okay, these are feet. You wear the shoes on our feet. We're Chinese yesterday. And almost weekly, we go three times to a foot massage. Mm -hmm. Like this, this totally makes sense, man. You know, and people were like, yo, that shit's crazy. Like, no man, like what, what are you talking about, man? And we're like, oh, and it's Asian, it's Chinese. Like, this is it. This is it. How do we do this? And, um, through designing the shoe, what's what's very interesting is is that we collectively didn't have a see-through panel on the design at first. Okay. And 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 the reason why we put the see-through panel was something that MCN brought to our table. He goes, Look, most if you go back in time, most Chinese are just wearing sandals and you can see their feet, man. Mm. And I'm like, Okay, so what are we what are you what are you trying to say? And he's like, Let's put some see-through panels on this shoe. You know, I'm like man that's insane man like but let's try it like you know so we kind of merged you know like we had a war room of like 250 designs and colorways like i had poon do 10 poon's girlfriend do 10 my girlfriend was doing 10 i did 10 you know yan did 10 and we had this room full of like 300 (laughs) designs and it was like like in this matrix room and we're like oh man and we finally locked in on the colorway that that we had and added these, these panels, um, collectively through like a a voting process, you know, like we just, we still, I still have some of those drawings in Hong Kong and so does Poon, but it was an interesting process. And I, but you know, in the end, um, I felt like everything really came together, you know, the box, the shoe and, you know, the reaction of the shoe actually dropping, it it didn't it, it didn't hit me till years after to be honest with you that people mm-hmm. loved this shoe you know like back then the internet wasn't so prevalent you know it wasn't so like 
here, come here and talk about shoes or whatever, whatever. It was still kind of geeky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, years later, like meeting some people that I was like, man, you're my idol, bro. Like, oh my God, it's so nice to meet you. Is it, like, yo, those kiss deaths air maxes you did, they were so bomb. And I'm like, <laughs> like, really? Like, oh, you know? And, and it was a moment like, you know, like it, it was, it was, it was very, uh, satisfying because some some of the people that we grew up kind of idolizing were, were kind of agreeing with what we were doing and it, it gave us that much more confidence to just um run with it you know i know there's at least one alternate version too right with the elephant print on the back yeah we had six we had six samples like there's a book called society and inside it there's there's every every variant of sample there's a brown we called it the tea colorway there's the tea colorway and then there's a bunch of different variations of the orange kind of beige kiss of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's elephant on the back, which is not allowed anymore, I believe because of Jordan or something like that. Or, you know, I don't know. And there's so many kind of like, you can't do this, can't do that. But the samples were amazing. Um, but this time around, we, we really, we really didn't want to change the shoe too much because a lot of people were saying that they wanted the, the shoe. They wanted that shoe. So we tried to kind of keep it true to the OG, but with a little bit of twist. So, you know, we acted, we, we changed the orange panel on the heel to, to be a red reflective panel just to kind of double down the, the clot colorway, you know, and we added some um, perforations into the, the toe box so that when we made the first ones, like we had, we had a, it was a joke, but it was like, you know, we codenamed it. It's like, okay, so if you want athlete's foot, you got to rock these Air Max ones because <laughs> we had no way for your foot to breathe. You know, like yeah, we, we weren't yeah. there yet. We're, our, you know, our minds were just like, yo, this, t- this clear panel so ill, let's do it. Yeah. But, you know, coming now, you know, we've added more kind of, you know, uh, user-friendly details to this, this new kiss of death that I think make the shoe much more wearable. And, um, you know, the, obviously in technologies uh, that, that Nike has, has, has kind of gone through, it won't, it won't yellow as much and it'll last longer. And uh, hopefully people get to enjoy the shoe for a long time. You talked about people saying the 14, are you crazy for doing that model? What did they say when you were going to do a translucent upper on the Air Max one? Was there pushback where people like, are you crazy for this? Yeah, I think, I think they were like, yo, these guys are crazy. Let's let them do what they want to do and just like, let it be. You know what I mean? But what was, what was interesting was that, you know, and, and shouts to Nike always, uh, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a huge fan from, from day one, but what really interested me when we dropped the shoe was the Mr. Invisible shoe, because mm-hmm, it was yeah. like, it was like, Oh, where'd you get this idea from? Like, you know, I'm not saying that it definitely was me, but if someone was creating that shoe internally at Nike, then we definitely hit that wavelength and we we're like right there. So, you know, it was, it was an interesting time to, to, to be a part of a Nike collaboration team. so And that was the Invisible Woman Air Force One, right? Oh, the Invisible Woman, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Was it crazy for you too then? Because in that whole era of sneaker culture, it was like all the fake Jordans that were coming out at the time were all the see-through ones. So it's kind of like your shoe inspired that whole like bootleg sneaker trend at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, think, I think it's... Uh, we've been very lucky to be able to pioneer, um, Chinese sneaker culture. I mean, you know, um, from 
like I keep saying this is that, you know, people are always like, oh, Chinese, China and is, is years behind us, you know, and I think that that was true. But now I believe that they're at the forefront, kind of like, I'm just waiting for them to show me some wild new stuff, like, you know, from their creatives and stuff. So it's weird that sometimes our ideas influence contraband, <laughs> you know, like, but it, you know, I always tell Poon and I always tell like say Bari from Vlon people only want to fake our shit because our shit is is legit you know like if you're making some bum stuff like nobody's gonna make a fake of it so at the same time it's an ode to what we're doing and um, we'll take it as it is. Edison the other the other shoe from 2006 I want to talk about so that's when that first Claw Air Max One collaboration came out but there's also this kind of weird one that floats around on the internet every once in a while that was a Nike ID that Claw made for Kanye West or something like that can you explain to me the origins of that shoe Yeah so um like I said a lot of people that we loved were were just blown away by our shoe so mm-hmm. um I had the lucky chance to meet Kanye you know I think second late registration era right mm-hmm. so you know feeling like i was reaching way far like hey yay can you do a song on my album you know like how do i get kanye to do a song on my album you know mm-hmm. and just going through layers and layers of people and then finally hitting it and him just immediately kind of say yes let's meet you know and i was like mm-hmm. what like <laughs> what's going on like and i have to i have to pay owed to the kiss of death again because mm-hmm. he's like yo that clear panel on that shoe that was crazy man like da 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 so maybe if i didn't do that shoe yay wouldn't have want to meet me you know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> so 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 what happened was you know we we started building a friendship and, we, and a relationship and we wanted re- we, we really want to be you know at clot where we, we call ourselves the bridge between east and west culture that's one mm-hmm. of our mission statements um, so back in 2000, whenever, 2001, 2003, or whatever, we started the company. That was really what we wanted to do. Um, so we were like, man, we got to bring Ye to Hong Kong and we got to do a crazy concert. So Poon, being the hustler that he is, basically put together this crazy concert by the harbor where Kanye is like performing behind like the Hong Kong skyline. And, you know, coming, he was like, I guess Ye hadn't had the taste of Nike yet. And he was like, hey, is there any way that we can make a shoe? And I was like, man, in two months? Nah. nah, (laughs) But I pushed pushed it and I pushed it and I pushed it with the Nike team. And, uh, you know, luckily they decided to kind of let us ID a shoe. Mm -hmm. So um, they made four pairs of the shoe. Two were with Ye and and the other two were with me and Poon. And supposedly there's only four, four pairs in existence. So it was really like his Hong Kong tour special merch shoe, you know? And, you know, back then there wasn't like merch wasn't really a thing, you know, like certainly not to the level it is. now. Yeah, it it, it was, it was kind of, you know, I'm thankful that Nike allowed us to do this because like looking back, it's like, like you said, like people are like, oh, wait, you know, if you do some digging, you're like, wait, is this shoe real? Is this fake? What's going on Mm -hmm. here? You know? Yeah. I think that somehow it, it in the sneaker lore, like it's become kind of this this legend shoe. Um, I still have it, thank God. That's one of the shoes that survived the purge. So um, I'm very proud of that shoe. And you know that moment of just bringing Ye to Hong Kong and seeing that concert was just insane. Meeting Verge, meeting Don C, you know, like all these people. It was just it was just the game changer. Not only the concert wise, but just 
you know, uh, network wise, you know, we, 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 we got to connect with a lot of great people. And then a few years later, 2009, you guys do an Air Force One. Talk about that collaboration. And then uh, it hits, I think it hit a little quicker than the air, than the kiss of death did, because to me, it immediately topped like serious Air Force One collectors top 10 list. I, you know, I think of Mayer and DJ Clark Ken and, and guys like that. Talk about that collaboration. Man, you know, uh, when we did uh, our first Nike collab, we were still trying to find our identity as fashion house or fashion creators. Uh, slightly after we we created our own, what we would, you know, uh, we always kind of reference Babe Camo because like, you know, mm. that, that, you know, there was like the paint, the, the, the Pharrell one, the yes. fluorescent neon ones. And it was like, what is our Babe Camo? Like what, you know, and obviously we don't want to just, you know, a lot of other people just be like, Oh yeah, let's do the camo and put a different little logo in it. And it was like, yeah, oh, that's not us. Especially we're trying to lead China into like this original creativity, kind of like stop copying people don't wear counterfeit stuff you know we're trying to lead that wave so after a while you know we 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 decided hey let's let's try to go down this silk road you know like trying to trying to figure out how we can carve our niche in in this in this uh industry with something that immediately when you look at it you can get an asian vibe you know right. not necessarily is it chinese but there's an asian element to it then we'll tell the story of the Chinese, you know, of our history with silk, et cetera, et cetera. So when the, when we got to do the air force one immediately, I was like, man, we're going to use the silk, right? We're going to do this silk and we're going to, we're going to ride this silk to the end, you know? But honestly, you know, a lot of people are always like, you know, they come to me like, Hey, did you see the stranger Things shoe? And I'm like, what's up? What's up? What's up with it? And they're like, Oh, you peel it away. They're copying your style. And I'm like, bro, let me tell you, I cop someone else's style and they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I 100% honest. Like Jeff McFedrish did a vandal. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. yes. The vandal. I love yeah. those. Edison. He did a vandal and it shocked me. Like it was shocking <sighs> to me. Like what? Double layer. Crazy. So, so when we had the silk, like, you know, he, that was still in my mind when we had the air force one. And I was like, man, this thing's called one love. Like, you know, I'm a true believer of true beauty lies within. So it's like, let's try to make this double layer shoe and let's laser it because, you know, laser back then was like, oh, the laser. Yeah, of course. You know? Mark like, Smith was yeah. going crazy. Yeah. So, so we were like, look, let's, let's combine two crazy ideas into one shoe. And, you know, the, 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 the first Claude Air Force One just came to life like that. And, um, you know, shouts to Jeff McFedridge, you know, definitely for inspiring me. And um, hopefully everyone that listens to this can can take a little bit of notice of the Vandal and not say that I was copping some style, but I was I was heavily inspired. <laughs> great shoe. Great, great yeah. shoe. Yeah. Funny, Kanye, as a, as a kind of a connection, Kanye wore that Vandal in a complex column back in the day, like early 2000s. Yeah, that, it's, that shoe is uh, slept on. Yes. I think also the... The special boxes that we've been creating, like mm -hmm. back then... Um, we we saw a couple special boxes but we're like how do we put this on steroids like you know how do we just make it so crazy like when we decide when we designed our air max uh we we kind of came up with like a little it looked like a chinese book um you know a uh, bookcase um where inside you would probably have a scroll or even smaller books and then this one because it was releasing around i believe chinese new year we were like, yo, let's make the candy box, you know, let's put tons of extra accessories in it and stuff. And when the box came, it was so big that yeah. 
that people were like, you know, even at the office, like, what are you doing? You know, I'm like, no, this is it. Like, this is it. Like, this is so outlandish that people are going to either hate it or they're going to love it. Like, and I think they're going to love it, man. Right. And we, we just went with it, you know, like, like, I remember like people like buying it, like, Ooh, like, like, Oh, try to carry it out the store. But I think in hindsight, I think, you know, a lot of people are now asking us, why don't you have a special box for the shoe? You know? So (laughs) it's like, it's like, Oh man. So we're revisiting that idea to try to kind of, you know, on our, on our, later releases this year to incorporate some type of special box, especially um, for our retail customers. Awesome. And I, I know you guys had done a, a dunk early on, but did you guys ever try to get your own Nike SB collaboration during that whole era when SB was kind of just like the center of sneaker culture? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, I guess there's the resurgence right now. And then I'd say the, the 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 early one was like in that era that I was talking about, you know, with the molders and all those, you know, the, yeah. the, the stash strips and, you know, this and that. I mean, shout to those stash strips. I mean, crazy. I mean, when I was a kid, I would have killed someone for that. But um, I, I'm not a skateboarder. I have a lot of friends around me that are skateboarders. We did attempt to try to make a clot specialized SB dunk, but maybe you guys are in for a surprise soon, you know? Ooh, okay. Oh. All right. If the Lord willing, Lord willing. <sighs> Imagine that. Yeah. Edison, we got to talk about Stash real quick because I feel like in that era, you were so connected with Nike and, and you were doing stuff with them, whether it was your own shoe or an event here or there. I want you to take me to the launch of the Stash Kobe shoe that, that you were there for. I mean, that was crazy, man. Like, you know, um, Kobe Bryant in Hong Kong, like Jesus, like, man, it was the talk of the town. And we were, we were the one kind of like hosting the, the, the pinnacle moment, you know, Mm -hmm. which was the drop of his new shoe and this new destroyer jacket, or, or I don't even know if they're calling it destroyer back then, or, you know, and, um, you know, doing magazine photo shoots with Kobe and stash, but you know, like, and just still still not being the man that I was now, like kind of like fanning out, you know, <laughs> like yeah. like super nervous at the photo shoot. Like, man, am I looking good? Do I look dumb around these guys? But Stash definitely is an OG. He's been very welcoming of me since day one. Um, I got to shout out Nigo and, and, and the whole Japan crew with, with linking me with Stash and Fuge. And, you know... Um, I remember asking Stash, like, yo, do you think Kobe's really coming? <laughs> because, you know, the event was like, I think it was like, just imagine it started at 7, and it was like 7.15, and he had, yeah. he's, he's like, don't worry, man, Kobe's going to be here. It's just he's always going to be late. He's like, superstars <laughs> are always late. I'm like, oh, what? Like, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, to have Kobe be in our first store, because it was a humble beginning for us. Uh, we, we were on a store on the second floor. Mm-hmm that you really need, you needed someone to buzz you in. Like it wasn't like some luxury location. Like we, it wasn't we, necessarily a big deal. No. And, um, we were just blessed to, to be a part of the Nike family and also have stash be my homie to suggest on the, on the famed, you know, basketball summer trips where a lot of, um, basketball players come to Asia and, and, um, and do tours, um, for us to have Kobe, you know? And, um, you know, bless his soul, rest in peace. But, you know, Kobe influenced, I'm saying, I'd say a lot of us in, in many different ways. And, you know, I'm thankful to, to have been um, in the same room with him and also have kind of worked on a project with him. So, yeah, um, those shoes, like. Stash Kobe have, ones. 
yeah, whenever I see them, I'm just like, you know, it, it just makes me like, oh, if you have this warm feeling inside and, and it, it's, it's really, you know, at that moment, it, I guess it, it was just like more like, oh my God, Kobe's here. But I didn't kind of be able to really take in the moment. And now looking back at like, you know, the photos and the event, the event coverage, it was like, man, we really had something crazy that day, you know? Did did you have any interactions with them after that? Because I know you had said that you were like a, you're a Lakers uh, season ticket holder. I don't know if you ran into Kobe. No, I mean, look, uh, I I I saw Kobe at the Dallas game. Um, because yeah, I was at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, like uh, I I wasn't that close with Kobe that I could just give him a shout and give him a call. Um. But, you know, being in L.A., uh, you know, he, he'd be at the, you know, he went to the Nike Space events and stuff like that. So, you know, we'd bump into each other here and there. But, you know, uh, I was there when he first came to Hong Kong as well. I was like, there's a fashion show with another brand that he was working with. Um, and kind of just seeing him from Young Buck to, you know, kind of medium, like mid-career mid, mid Kobe and then mm-hmm. seeing him at the end. I don't know. It was just, you know, I grew up idolizing Jordan and not being able to ever see him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then kind of be seeing these people in the flesh was just like a very memorable experience. You mentioned being in his orbit kind of because of this Nike connection. And I think that's an interesting part of your sneaker career is that you've been able to keep the trust and the attention of Nike over the span of decades. And that's not always easy to do. You know, sometimes the people who work at sneaker brands can be fickle. How do you, how do you keep a relationship with a giant company like that for so long and, and have them trust you as the person to make taste in this way? Well, you know, there, there was a little, little, we, we, what we call the exodus, you know, we, we were, we were sidelined for a little bit, you know, um, I would say the vapor max was when we kind of came back hard with, um, with Nike, we got, mm-hmm reintroduced kind of into the into the matrix mm-hmm. um but i feel like we 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 really trying to trace stay true to our our, our cultural identity you know mm-hmm. um i think that has been a big plus for us because you know um china is a huge market for everyone right now and it just so happens that we're we're at the top of the pyramid right now and um i think also is you know, we, we take, we take it as it comes. Like, you know, there's like, Hey, do this shoe. Like we'll do it. It's, it I always say to the, the Jordan team, like, you want to give me the half court shot? I'm going to hit it. Like, mm-hmm. when are you going to give me that layup, bro? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but we, we find, we find it exciting and exhilarating to try to hit that half court shot, so to speak, you know? And I think that maybe that's one of the things is that, we're willing to give and take like, so if you guys want us to do something, we're, we're willing to do it for you, but can we do this after maybe? And I think that being, being in line and not too kind of demanding uh, from Nike is one of the things that also has allowed us to work on uh, a plethora of of shoes, like so many different models. And we're not just doing like the same shoe, like over, over and over and over again, definitely being in China and definitely kind of, staying relevant other than working with Nike. You know, we don't just, we try to keep our, our, our year line plan uh, exciting outside of Nike. So, you know, we're very blessed to have a lot of different collaborations with a lot of other people that um, allow us to showcase our talents and our creativity. You mentioned 
uh, not getting to do layups, but in 2019, 2020, you got to do a handful of shoes that uh, were quite a layup with all the Air Force Ones that you did that were obviously a, a big deal. Good friends of the show, PG knows, got like 15 pairs of, of you know, your shoes. But um, how how did that come about for Nike to give you, you know, the, the trust to, to do that again and let you have such a big collaboration on those Air Forces? I think the white, the white pair definitely, um, helped us a lot. You know, um, we, after the vapor max, um, which in essence, we launched the vapor max for them, you know, like, uh, I think that the shoe gained a lot of traction in China. And I think globally, um, we were considered one of the top two or three collabs, you know, there was the, the off white one. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's the acronym one. And then I would say there's our one. Um, I also think that, um, you know, like I said, if you pay your dues, they'll, they'll, they'll let you, they let you have one. So the, the, the one they let me have was the white silk air force one. Mm. Beautiful so shoe. It, Beautiful it, almost shoe. Seemed, it almost seemed like too easy. Like they were like, Oh, okay. So you just want to do a white silk air force one. I'm like, yeah, because that's my, that's my go-to a white air force one, all white. Of course. Like it's, it's my go-to. Like I'd rather wear that than most of these so-called hype shoes. You know what I mean? Like it's just easy to wear. So why can't I make the, the, the nonchalant version of clock one like that? So the only thing I would say is, is that we kind of went through a lot of different bottoms. Like I have so many different samples. I got an ice one. I got a blue one. I got a, a, a OG, uh, you know, one and, and, and uh, kind of locking in on the right combo was very beneficial for us because i think the white silk shoe did did more did did better than they expected it to do and i guess that like you guys were saying the 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 history of the first air force one definitely doubled down on on this story a funny thing is is that we went to campus and we're like you know um thinking about what the next project is and they're like hey um what would you like to do and i'm like i would love to do a three-way collabo and they're like what Right. I'm like, man, when I was in, in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was all about three way. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And I was like, man, this three way thing blew my mind. They even had 25 ways. Like, you know, like they had t-shirts, with 25 logos. And I was like, Ooh, I need this t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Hey, I really want to work with Hiroshi Fujiwara. I want to do a black shoe, obviously, you know, yeah. Hiroshi, let's do the black one. And, um, randomly they're like, how about let's do three colorways? And I was like, sure you know like, <laughs> yeah like, oh wow you know like and but at the same time it was it was very funny because internally uh you know they told me that this was a huge test so let's see if you can back to back to back this you know and i was mm. like okay i'm ready for this challenge let's do this you know mm-hmm. so you know that's the reason why we had we had three shoes it was it was actually it just fell into our lap you know um one of them was supposed to be a a friends and family color the 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 rose gold was just supposed to be friends and family mm. they after we saw the the sample nike's like yeah we want to run with this shoe too you know i'm like okay sure cool let's do it you know so we're blessed to 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 be challenged by nike and we're blessed to also overcome those challenges so i think that there was a lot of people that were worried about the sell through of these shoes because some of the numbers really? that, that, that seems that's so strange to hear because it seems like clot 
and fragment and it's an air force one and it looks like the one world how is how could anybody have a question about that i'm not just gassing you up here yeah no i mean look i i i i i was very i'm usually very confident in when i make something right but mm-hmm. all this chatter kind of really had me bugging out like you know you, were, we you weren't the, sure yeah we had the blue one come out and then we had the black one come out and then we had the 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 rose gold come out and by the by the, like you know after the blue you know it was like oh have people spent all their money like man are they tired of this like is a month later too quick like man this is crazy man like you know internally like oh should we push back the date like mm-hmm. oh man is Hiroshi gonna post the shoe like you know <laughs> and um we're just blessed to have a great fan base and you know a lot of people you know uh support us you know i see a lot of basketball players randomly wearing our shoes walking in um you know a lot of our our peers you know like they they love the shoe and you know i go to japan people rocking it i go to la people rocking it. i'm walking the shoe in hawaii and people like recognize me not my face but my shoe like it's Mm. crazy (laughs) it's just crazy how close to the air force ones of 2019 did the part two of the kiss of death happen the discussion around to potentially bring it back this year. It was, it was, it was almost after the shoes had released. Okay. Um, you know, when they brought it up to us, it was like, we really want to highlight this during Air Max day month, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is, this is, this is an honor, you know, mm-hmm. like this is an honor you've bestowed upon me you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, every day Air Max day is like a month long activation. They had some crazy stuff. I remember, you know, going to a Travis Scott concert on a shutdown La Brea, like mm-hmm. in celebration of Air Max day. So like being a, a, a super highlight of Air Max day was something that I think totally made sense. And, and, you know, they, they, they told me it was like, yo, it's the 15th year anniversary. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you yeah, you to keep it track. Like, time flies no, no yeah clue, bro. Like, <laughs> so so i think it was it was it was very welcoming i mean you know this time around also we made so many samples and so many variations we kind of went really far away from the original mm-hmm. and what then, did that look like if you could give us a give us a taste of neon-y, what really neon okay. like some, some neon hong kong light vibe you know okay but sitting with the team everyone's like hey people might not recognize this shoe i'm like okay so let's hit him with the he and just go back to the original and just keep uh you know change a few minute details so that only the real sneakerhead will know if you're wearing the og or the new 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 mm. version right this was this was actually one of the the easier shoes to to work on less less stress because mm-hmm. there's already like a some type of legend behind it you know so yeah it's been fun though. Edison, do you still have the sneaker graveyard? No. My graveyard is it it, it moved with the what? office and it went to it went to my it went to my storage, which is why like you the know the graveyard is no more? The graveyard really is a graveyard. They're all dead, man. Half of them are <laughs> gone, dude. Half of them, like, I wish I had the hindsight like you guys to put them in boxes and care for them where I was just like, oh, whoa, here's the new shoe. Like West Indies old color like here's the new one like and i'm like oh god you know explain um, the sneaker graveyard yeah, for, for people who may not know the sneaker graveyard was just this pile of of my shoes from 15 years of collecting like it yeah. was there's there's a famous i think there's a couple very famous photos of it um and i think mike was the one cookies again that posted it uh mm. But there were gems in there. Like if you could, if I could rewind back to the day that that photo was taken and put those shoes back into some type of more care, it would probably be million, a million dollars maybe in hmm. there. 
maybe. You also you also do intersect, which is you know like uh, IRL kind of like complex con esque uh, show in in Shanghai, and I I saw you say that you know you do it bigger in Shanghai and they do it in Los Angeles, and you know some people don't pay attention to it, but you said you like to bring you know the sneaker culture to people out there who may not experience it on a on an everyday basis. So like, how crazy does the sneaker scene get at at that event? People robbing people, man. And it's 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 very rare in China for people to rob people. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, you know, it may be in our world. It's like, oh, they just jack this guy, like blah right. blah 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 blah, like hustle five dollars from this guy. In China, it's very rare. So people just like taking, like you know, someone walking with a bag and someone just running by, taking their bag, kind of cutting bottoms of bags and stuff. And like, what are the shoes we're robbing from people? Uh, I believe they were the black forces and the Jordan one. Yeah. Yeah. They were going, they were going insane. It's almost a testament to how receptive of the culture they are. But on the flip side, there's also this one side of it that like people just want to resell them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I get it, but also don't get it, you know, like, if you want, if you're blessed, like if I'm blessed to get something, like I'd, I'd probably keep it. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't quite understand the the hustle side of it because I'm not a part of it. But, you know, I think the reason why we keep increasing our numbers in production is because we want our fan to buy it at retail. Right. You know? So Nike's always like, yo, you're increasing another 20% in, in volume. I'm like, yeah, because... I'm getting shitted on every day on my Instagram saying, I can't buy your shoes. I can't buy your shoes unless it's triple price. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't control that. You know, like I, I also don't want to order too many and be sitting on shoes, you know? Of so, course. so it's, it's, it's this delicate balance. And and I think that China's at the, at the, at the cusp of it. I mean, the people are like really, really serious about sneaker collecting and it's almost like a status symbol. I, and I would say that around the world, but, you know, even more so in China, like, you know, you, you wearing the fly shoes, like you get access, you know, you, the girl likes you a little bit more, maybe. <laughs> Obviously, we never want to see people getting robbed for their shoes. That's not a good thing. But are, are you happy in some way to see how much of a sneaker culture there is in China? Because it seems like that was maybe part of your mission when you first started Clot was to show that China could participate in these kind of cultures. Yeah, I, I fully, I'm fully happy that, you know, I was there with, with this wave and, and hopefully I, I was kind of, I can be that guy that opened the door, you know, and, um, you know, I'm actually really excited to see what this next generation of Chinese creatives will do. And, you know, shout outs to, to my boy, actually, who, who won the Shanghai on air. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did a crazy pair of 97s that shocked yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, man, this is, this is, this is it, man. This is crazy, dude. Like, I was like so hyped for the shoe. And I was like, yo, if you don't win this contest, I'm going to buy that design from you, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he won it. So, you know, good for him. So I feel like there's a lot of, in the coming years, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of more Chinese creators that do a lot of, internationally welcomed designs obviously you are such a collector what are some of the sneakers that you didn't design recently that you're a fan of you you said that you wear air force ones a lot but what are you feeling in the space nowadays uh i really love these these new ready-mades these new okay. ready-mades are, are really ill uh, the story behind them you know earth conscious recycled materials 
I think that's 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 really really interesting to me. I also love what Cynthia's doing at Cactus Plant. Mm. I think she's 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 keeping it simple but bougie. You know yeah, what I mean? Like definitely. Like it's not it's not like way out there, but it's kind of out there. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. I, I I like it when most of the shoes don't get too deconstructed. Just because I like the the, the original silhouette is so classic mm-hmm. that I feel like when you take things away from it, it, it kind of goes away from the original story and i'm not like hating on creatives that do it i just Mm -hmm. my lane is more like paying an ode instead of like altering too much Mm -hmm. so i think cynthia cynthia is doing good stuff and um a shoe that i still have never been able to get is the undefeated jordan force how much have you tried over the years (laughs) dude there's this crazy thing is i was shooting a segment in uh round two Shouts to, uh, you know, Sean with a spoon. But um, I was shooting a segment inside the store, right? Mm-hmm. And they had the pair there, right? With the original undefeated raffle ticket and the bag wow. that it came wow. in, right? So because I'm shooting, like, in the middle of the shooting, I'm like, oh, my God, right? right? And we mm-hmm. haven't talked about it. And you can see the segment. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to come back later today, and I'm going to buy these shoes, man. Okay, because I had to go to Undefeated to shoot another segment, and I had to go to this this jeweler who makes the NBA championship rings, and then I was gonna go back. By the time I went back, it was sold, man, and man. I was so bummed, man. It was like I was like, oh my god, because I I I've heard that they've made some promo pairs, uh, you know, re-released, like maybe in 2017 or something. But I don't want that. I want the I want the original one, you know. And Eddie Cruz is like my godfather, man. Like you know, mm-hmm. I kiss his ring. Like every time I see him, I'm like, yes, godfather, right? <laughs> I still don't <laughs> got a pair, man. So you know, it, it, it it's that elusive pair that you can never get. But I think that that keeps me that keeps me in it. You know, like yeah. you know that there, there's always something that that you want to aspire or you try to, you try to grab. And I think that when, when you can say like, Oh, I have everything. That's when it gets boring. I kind of really feel that like sometimes like me trying to get something and not being able to get it is, is actually beneficial for me. You know, like it makes me still hungry. Yeah. It makes me still understand. I'm like, man, some kids feel this way too about my shit. And I just got to accept it because that's how it is. You know, (laughs) definitely. Does yeah. it ever get tiring or do you ever think, man, my life would be simpler without hundreds of pairs of sneakers and just have five sneakers and not care about what new shoes are coming out? I mean, my, my wife definitely feels that way. <laughs> um, but I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm yeah. still very much a fan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a huge storage now that I try to keep them in, in better shape, but um I definitely open every package that that Nike sends me and I I look at the shoe and I I really actually give them comments, you know, like especially on some shoes that I know that were in-house created. I'm like, "Hey, you know, this and this and this." Like I've even volunteered to China that why don't you just let me do all your your, <laughs> your China designs? I don't even want the credit. I just want it to pop. I want it to right. bang, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 interesting also to 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 be able to touch and feel these new shoes to see what new technology is going on, you know, like the the double soles or you know like the, the you know the triple swooshes and you know stuff like that. But um, I'm definitely still much a fan. 
Another shoe you guys had that was big for you, we were talking about the Air Max one multiple times, but you guys also had the other Air Max one in 2013, which I felt like that shoe was pretty huge as well. It wasn't as see-through as the as the um, the kiss of death, but you know, you had the the foot on the on the sole of the shoe, the translucent sole. How how big was that sneaker for Clot? I mean, that I think that that's that that kind of reacquainted the conversation, you know. I think maybe that is the shoe that cemented the Kiss of Death's legacy, you know? Right. Yeah, because um, I think people, especially internally, they, they, you know, they don't hear the chatter um, in the sneaker world on, on a ground level. You know, they, they kind of just funnels up and they're like, oh, this is cool. You know, people like this. Or they look at a sell-through sheet and they're like, okay, good. On to the next one. So for us, you know, seeing that, especially around that time, Nike was going through a really kind of avant-garde period with their new technology, you know, and, you know, with all these different type of, you know, breathable materials and flying it had just come out and hyperfuse and yeah. Yeah. So, so we wanted to be able to, to, to showcase that, that some, some element of their new technology with uh, an idea that was say years ago, you know? So um, that's how those grades came about. Um, I love those shoes. Those shoes, those shoes are, are my go-to's. Like you know, I I, I always wear those. Um, they're comfortable, breathable, and uh, this is them right there, actually. Oh yeah, they're, they're <laughs> a good subtle colorway. You know, do you do you personally like that shoe a little bit more than the other one, just because it's more wearable? Yeah, I I, I might say that, but I I, I don't know, but because. This kiss of death shoe has has literally like people people know the shoe. Like I said, people look at my feet and then they'll look at me and then be like, Oh, you're Edison Chen, not like <laughs> look at my face and look at my feet. And it's it's kind of crazy that way. And I have to give mad props to this first shoe that we ever did. So it's like almost like my first child. So I can't say I can't I can't say that, but I do I can tell you that the gray one is top three for me. It's no. funny you explain that that moment of somebody looking at your shoes and, and knowing it's you. I actually had that moment with you. I saw you at LAX a few years ago, and and I and I saw you. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Edison Chen, and you had on feet the emotionally unavailable Air Force One high, and I was yeah. like, yes, that's Edison Chen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, shouts to shouts to everyone supporting supporting us and giving us chances to keep doing doing Nikes. You know. Um, you know, while we're on this topic, you know, actually one of my favorite shoes that that is totally under the radar is the Clot Tennis Classic that we made. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the yeah, the 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 Clot Tennis Classic was, I think, a little a little too early um, when we released them. So there was two versions. One's the takedown version, which was just like you know a nice kind of broken suede. Um, but the, t- the, 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 the more high version was a shoe that we, we, we fully put in this crazy concept to it, which was the future throwback of a classic modern, right? So in 20 years, what would this shoe look like if mm-hmm. they were trying to throw it back from the year that we were doing it? And we called it the museum edition and, and the special box was actually this acrylic case, right? Yeah. And in it, actually came tools for you to customize the shoe yourself, you know? And this was before, you know, uh, Nike, you know, all these people doing these customization workshops and stuff. And I'm not saying I pioneered it. Uh, you know, I was definitely in- influenced by other people too, you know, like especially denim, 
with these tools that people give you to, to customize denim. And it was like, okay, so this is a tennis classic. So we, we, we try to, we try to emulate what uh, a worn tennis shoe would look like and then allow the consumer to personalize the shoe so that the shoe is yours. Like it's, it's not a clock creation. It's, it's a clock foundation and you're supposed to go home and make it yours. And, um, I feel like somehow like our time capsule idea is actually really working because hopefully like in another 10 years, people are going to bring this shoe back out and be like, yo, this was crazy. You know? And everyone's <laughs> doing that now. It seems like that's a trend deconstructing and kind of making it your own. Yeah. Because if you, if you remember, we actually, we actually had Nike logos on it and we ripped them off. Right. So, so it wasn't like, just like, we just made the shoe without the Nike logo. It was like, we put it on there and we purposely had the, the factory rip them off so that the, the threads and the embroidery were kind of popping out and stuff. And, and I'm still to today, like one of my proudest shoes, but you know, whenever I talk to anybody, they never mentioned the shoe, man. Let's not forget the, <laughs> the Converse pro leather from that year too was really nice. The red one. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm a thankful. lot of shoes, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for for having a lot of opportunities to work on shoes. But you know, like like I said, this this tennis classic is a sleeper. So um, if if the the people listening to the show haven't 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 heard of it or seen it, I, I'd appreciate it if you guys go have a look. <laughs> Edison, we talked a lot about clear shoes. Um, I know you had talked about Nike with the with the Invisible Woman, but was the Espo Air Force Two anything that was in your mind early on? Because that was one of like that was like the first clear sneaker that they had done. Yeah, I mean, the clearness didn't really come to me via a, a sneaker, you know, and I, I'm just being real. I'm not trying to discredit anyone. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely give a lot of love to the OGs. Um, but it was really kind of built on the the concept of being able to see your toes so that it would mimic a, a, a sandal, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe that's the reason why Nike didn't think it was so crazy because they had something similar to that before, you know? So I'm, I'm definitely, um, fully, uh, respectful of, of the generation before me, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, the Jeff McFedrich's, the stashes, the Hiroshi's, the Futura's, you know, obviously Michael Jordan, you know, all these, all these, all these guys that, that paved the way for us, you know, um, all only respect and only love because without them, uh, we definitely, we wouldn't even be here. Edison, one more thing I got to ask you. I know you had aspirations at one point to work on LeBron sneakers with Nike. Have you ever come close to that? Is that still an aspiration of yours? Yeah. Um, I want to do, um, basketball shoes. I, I also, I also want to do it double fold. Um, also because during the summer, um, during the off season, a lot of basketball players come and promote heavy, um, right. you know, come out to China with a big tour and go to a bunch of big cities. And I want this to be a moment for, for, for not only us at Clot, but a moment for us as China as a market, you know? And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to alienate and say, oh, I'm only making shoes for this, these people. It's not that I'm, I'm making shoes for everyone globally, but there are moments where I feel like I have a responsibility to push to be able to do things so that the next person can be able to do them. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes people get to do like a 25 pair release and it's like, you know, it's, it's cool. That's cool. You know, like, but I really want to make a shoe with a basketball player that, that can, that can resonate the whole world because, you know, basketball, 
and sneaker culture, they, they, they have over overlapping areas, but some people that are into basketball shoes would never even look at this kid's death. You understand what I mean? And um, I'm trying to be able to get out of the comfort zone and, um, you know, really try to design a shoe that is on court that basketball players really wear, you know, and um, I'm, I'm totally a LeBron fan. And, but I'm not, I'm open to doing a Josh too now. So, you know, hopefully um, sometime soon um, that basketball shoe will come out. Awesome. Well, Edison, we know you're a busy guy. We can't thank you enough. I, I think it's an honor to chop it up with you. We're looking forward to this Air Max One and, and to see what you have lined up. Like you said, your year is pretty planned out. So we're looking forward to all the collaborations you have and this, especially this Air Max One, though, you know, we put it on our most anticipated list. And I think, uh, you know, at Complex and, and the space as a whole, looking forward to, to that dropping. So thanks again, man. No, I appreciate you guys and I appreciate the love. And, um, you know, yeah. shout outs to everyone that's been um, giving love to Clot. Um, we're going to do our best to keep keep on keeping on and, and, and making some classics for you guys. Sounds awesome. good. Thanks so much, man. Thank Take care. Right, appreciate it. Edson. Thank you. Talk to you guys. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.